Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Business of Sports Tourism Podcast. I'm Joel Lamp with the Huntsville Madison County Convention and Visitors Bureau. And today's special guest is Ashley Backer with Fort Smith, Arkansas. Yeah, Ashley, thanks hi. for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited about this. I've been listening to him, so I'm just pumped that you thought of me. <laughs> well, I, now that we've got the video piece added into the podcast, your background, and if you're listening, I got to set the stage for you. There is a nice curtain drape. Uh, Ashley's office uh, opens up. It's a two, like a suite. Um, it is is quite impressive, um, very stylish, but it also has a heck of a story that goes behind it. I'm going to turn this over to you to tell everybody <laughs> about what the excitement that happens in your that happened in your office a long time ago and happens, yeah, um, happens today. Yeah, um, it's a it's a different type of excitement now. Um, so yeah, Fort Smith CVB, we are housed. And Miss Laura's, um, which is a former brothel from the 1800s um, and what was Fort Smith, Arkansas's red light district um, and kind of the brothel row right, right around the river. Um, we actually, if at any point in time you hear train tracks, we have train tracks right outside. And there's an interesting story of why the train tracks kind of split everything having to do with that. But yeah, we are in a nine bedroom historic house that used to be a brothel. Um, I was telling Joel earlier, I'm in Jesse's room. Like who, who would have thought? Um, so yeah, it's a great story. Um, we're going to be moving our offices, I will say, and there's the train on time. Um, for the business that we do now, um, we need to elevate and change this and really just make it the attraction itself. And we're still going to operate the attraction, um, but we'll take our offices and move them downtown on Garrison and have a better spot. So that's our story. <laughs> Come and visit me in the brothel, is, but not for that is, purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, this is fantastic. So tell everybody a little bit about Fort Smith, Arkansas, where you guys are at on the map, and then kind of what Fort Smith's known for. Yeah, so we are right on the border um, of Oklahoma and Arkansas. Uh, we're about an hour and a half, hour 45 away from Tulsa. Um, we're just south of Bentonville, northwest Arkansas area, three hours away from Little Rock. And um, you know, we hug the river of the Arkansas. I will say compared to Tulsa, it's nice to see a river that's full at all times. Um, so we have barges and we're still known for the shipping um, that comes out of this area. I will say that our history is really, really what we're known best for. If you had a chance to watch on Paramount Plus, Lawmen, Bass Reeves, um, the Bass Reeves story, U.S. Marshals really came through Fort Smith. Um, so we actually have the official home of the U.S. Marshals Museum. Um, which was just open last year. It's a great way to kind of understand the history and the role that the marshals play um, throughout, not just the old West, but even now and what they do. Um, but then we have historic sites. We had the trail of tears. We were the last one before they hit Oklahoma. So there's a rich history there. Um, we have a phenomenal public art scene with our murals and the unexpected project. Um, because of our military ties with Fort Chaffee um, and the relocation of Cubans and um, Vietnamese um, citizens, we have a great culture and food scene here that you would not really expect out of the Midwest. So there's a lot going on, um, a lot to explore. 
trends. Um, if you can hear that, <laughs> sorry, all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just continue to kind of push forward and showcase the fact that we're not just, you know, the old South and the old West, um, but really we're advancing and there's so much more to us and how we're growing. So that's us in a nutshell. Well, that's fantastic. That's a good, that's a good summary. So, um, uh, some people are probably like, why the heck are we talking about Fort Smith, Arkansas? So yeah. your, your career path started in the sports side of tourism. Talk a little bit about your career path and what, and kind of led you up to this moment. Yeah. So I'm um, actually, was just giving this kind of a similar presentation to our noon exchange club and to a group of students uh, late last week. You know, I'm a, as many of you may know, may not know, um, former athlete, Division One, played softball at UConn, uh, thought I was going to spend all of my time in sports, mainly at the collegiate level. Um, I worked for the University of Louisville, worked for Indiana University in their marketing departments, did a graduate assistantship down at University of Southern Miss. Um, and just sports was it. I loved it playing, you know, playing. I loved it growing up. I loved the ability to impact players, but not necessarily have my job tied to wins and losses in college life. Um, and then had this great opportunity to take over the sports commission in Jacksonville, North Carolina, um, not Florida. And there we developed sports and it was all about quality of life for the residents, not so much about the recruitment. I mean, the side benefit was the money that we brought in, but it really was quality of life. And then I moved to Durham and started their sports commission and ran it for three years in my hometown. And then I just got this great opportunity. And I think after a year or two at Durham, I was privy to so many conversations that were ha happening on development of Durham and what they wanted to be and continue to grow to be. Um, how were we changing the look and feel of the area? How are we staying true to ourselves? How are we combating homelessness? How are we talking about, you know, the development of infrastructure and not just sports, but what did it look like for our convention center and hotels and I was privy to all these conversations because of my level within Discover Durham and at the Durham Sports Commission. And I just thought to myself, this, this can't be it. Like, I want to be in those conversations. And unfortunately, I found that for whatever reason, while I was privy to them, I was not involved with them. And that's what took me to Tulsa. I got a great opportunity underneath Ray Hoyt. Um, to be their VP of sales for both the CVB and the sports commission and obviously moved during a pandemic year. I think it was mid January, 2020 um, and the world shuts down in March. And, you know, through all of that, my roles changed consistently, but what stayed the same was just my ability to be a part of conversations and influence how the destination was growing and developing. And I love that piece of it. Um, it really, I think, excites me and it drives me to be better for the community. And it's, it's, I've always been community minded first. I was athlete community or athlete minded first in college athletics. And then getting into the sports commission, it was community minded. Um, I'm very similar to you. I was, I was in a military town and there's only but so much when you get three year rotations and orders and you've got new people coming in constantly with a major backgrounds and cultural differences and just watching how they all interact with each other. And at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. It's residents and it's making things better for them. And we just happen to do it through inviting other people to explore and visit and spend money with us. Um, 
here, I, I adore Fort Smith. I think it's great. It's a smaller destination. So I'm really getting an, a chance to cut my teeth on a lot of things that I think had I been a number two in a larger destination, um, and I was in Tulsa, um, I wasn't always a part of kind of the intricacies of it. And now I'm getting a chance to do that. Um, so it's just, it's been a great process, a lot of fun. Um, I'm only a month four. So, you know, probably reach back out to me in about six to seven months and we'll see if that's still the case. Um, but, you know, that's kind of the pathway in terms of sports preparing. I think we always undermine the value of what we do when we're working with sports. And I say that because we're natural collaborators. We are naturally wanting to make things better. We are we naturally want to involve others to expand the experience. Um, we naturally think outside of the box. Um, we naturally, because of the world we live in, I think we are, I, I will probably piss off some people. I think we're better negotiators um, than the CBB salespeople from what I've been able, and that's not demeaning, but I think because we usually are working with not just the rights holder in a facility, but then we're dealing with their sponsors or we're dealing with the sponsors we bring in and we're dealing with, you know, the flooring people for hardwoods, but then we've also got this equipment guy coming in, but then we've also got a citywide that needs six different jurisdictions to get on board with mm -hmm. the same process. Like you don't get that in meetings. And it's typically sporting events. So I think we're, we naturally go into negotiation mode, um, which brings out our ability to problem solve and we do it creatively. And I think that that's what I bring to the table here. At least that's what the AMP also said um, when they hired me. But I think in general, like we bring the collaborative nature into it. We don't want to live in our own silo. We want to step out of our silos and we want other people to be involved in the success of it. Um, and that's, I think, the biggest thing that we can come to the table with. Well, and, and that's one of the things we talk a lot about <laughs> is the cities that, quote, get it and mm -hmm. do it well at a high level. There is a seamless integration, whether it's the Sports Commission, the CVB, the hotels, the venues, all of that. Those are the cities that people really like working with. You talked about the six different municipalities, all that. We see that a lot in, in our world all the time. And the places that have that teamwork, it's usually because there's a couple of people that are just going and busting their tail every day, building those relationships to make these things happen. Um, and I think that's one of the things that sometimes, and you you hit the nail on the head. I think sometimes we shortchange ourselves in the fact the, of the leadership roles we end up playing in communities because we've got to bring all these assets together to make something great happen for the community. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, I see it day in and day out. I saw it in Tulsa. I saw it in other communities. Um, you know, I was that in, in two other communities and I, sports is sexy. I mean, let's be honest, like what we, what we do in sports, it's on TV or it's, it's great for X because you have to stay on top of it to know what's going on. You can't look at it four weeks down the road later 
and talk about it because you've missed out on so much of the conversation. So I, as a community, you know, people get excited about sports because it's interesting. It's fun. It's fast. It's, you know, it, it brings all this notoriety, but then as sports leaders, we tend to sometimes feel like we need to take the back seat to economic development, the chamber, um, the CBB, the whoever it is. And it's like, no, like, why are you like own the fact that you're working in this phenomenal space and utilize that opportunity, like take advantage of it, grab the reins and then use it to catapult yourself into the next spot. Um, use it to, if you're battling air service, like use that and your ability to attract people that are going to want to fly to be a part of that air planning yes. conversation. Um, use it when you're talking about building facilities, building hotels, um, because they're only thinking corporate, some leisure, business and meetings. That's what our hotels are talking. But then I'm talking to our hotels. I'm like, when are you, when are you bare? And they're like on the weekends. I'm like, ding, ding, ding. Like that's sports. And it's shifting that perception, but uh, we're utilizing a couple of our sporting events. We're like, so this is what we can do. Like get behind us. Like, here we go. Like jump that's, on the train. <laughs> that's the thing that, and I think the, we talk a lot, I, a couple of groups I'm involved in. We talk a lot about, talk a lot about sports took on a whole new level during the pandemic. Yes. Cause what, what, what came back first? What in business, what in leisure, by golly, it was sports. Cause guess what? Mom and dad are not going to shortchange little Bobby or little Susie. And, yeah. and that's the thing. Sports is always the, it's the shiny toy. That's what I always say. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody want it. It's, the, it's the bright light that attracts everybody to it. Um, and, and if you can do sports the right way, man, you can do some really cool things that can advance your community light years from where it was. Um, and then all, on the flip side of that too, it's also bringing, it's filling hotels. It's putting you on TV. Um, it's, it's bringing a quality of life component to your city that sometimes you just don't, certain places don't have. Um, and that's the thing, you know, and, you know, as you're looking at it now from the big chair, you're sitting there, you're over everything tourism in Fort Smith, Arkansas. How does that sports piece fit into your overall puzzle? It's honestly the low hanging fruit here. Um, we have so many opportunities. We have a big volleyball tournament that occurs, uh, just happened. First half was just this past weekend using our convention center and the Fort Smith junior volleyball club, their um, four court facility. And, you know, it, where they're going to go again next weekend. And we have phenomenal, uh, high school athletic teams. We have a, a state championship in football just down the road at Greenwood, our basketball team here at Northside and Southside. Great. Um, you know, we're known for sports in this area and for me, it's okay. That's awesome. But we don't have great facilities. Like how, how does that conversation and, you know, we're adjusting that, but, you know, we're using it to launch into the facility conversation. Um, like I said, our hoteliers are begging for business on the weekend. So it's like, okay, why are we not looking at different pieces and parts? Um, why are we not trying to use the convention center for sports? 
Um, I would love to be in a situation where Myrtle Beach was. I'll, I'll be honest, like that's my goal. I want to be where Myrtle Beach was, where they only had the convention center. They filled it. And then the city realized our convention center, which should be used for meetings and conventions, is really a sports facility. We need to go build a sports facility. And then we need to get back to meetings and conventions. And then that way we get both, we get the best of both worlds. Um, and right now, I mean, our convention center is doing some stuff, but I mean, we need some work. And I think that's a great way um, to fill. Um, I think it's a great way to communicate. We've got some perception issues. Um, we've always been seen as that fun little thing. You just stay in your little corner. You do that fun little thing that you do with tourism. Um, and I'm consistently preaching the, hey, what we do is business. Like, don't, it's fun. I totally agree. I, it's fun. It's fun to fly a plane, I'm sure, but it's also a business. Um, so treat us like a business. We're saving ta taxpayer dollars. Like we're generating revenue. We're keeping people employed. Um, and I'm constantly harping on that. But sports is a great way because people recognize when the little kids are running around in their restaurants. We hear more complaints about, man, volleyball's going on because I can't get into a restaurant on time. Okay, well. Is know, that a bad thing? Yeah, but when we're saving you, you know, three to $500 on your taxes each year, are you going to put up with the little kids? And, and most of the time residents, the moment I say that, they're like, oh yeah, no, we'll put up with the little kids. I'll even tell them to have a good time and what can I do to help you? And we turn them <laughs> into ambassadors. Um, Correct. But it's, it's reminding them of the value that comes with that. And I think that that's another thing that in sports, we forget we're so busy chasing business and trying to recruit it in that we don't necessarily stop long enough to tell our story and why we're important. Um, and if we're not telling it, someone's telling it for us. Um, and whether that be your CDB, your chamber, your economic development, somebody's telling that story and they're spinning it their way. Um, and I think that's a good reminder for all of us is, you know, we've got a great story to tell. We just actually need to tell it um, and put it into context with who we're, we're talking to. What's been the biggest change for you moving? And the good thing was you were over all of sales in Tulsa. Now you're moving, you go from there to now you're, you're the, you're the big cheese now. Yeah. What's been the, what's been the biggest change for you in, in that role? You know, it's leaning in on areas that I didn't necessarily have a lot of experience with. Um, I will encourage anybody who, if they think, whether it be a sports commission or whether it be a DMO, um, whatever, lean into those areas and find ways to activate in those areas you're not the most comfortable. Um, we had phenomenal, you know, in Durham and in Tulsa, phenomenal marketing teams phenomenal. Um, typically marketing teams outweigh sales teams and most DMOs. Um, that's how it was in Durham. Um, not so much in Tulsa, but I actively engaged in marketing discussions because it was someplace that I knew how to market college athletics, but completely different when we were talking about leisure visitors, conventions and meetings and stuff like that. So I really leaned into those conversations, um, and learned as much as I could. Um, so now when I'm over top of a marketing team, I can talk their language and they're not feeling like they have to dumb it down for their boss. Um, I know, I know just enough. This is my joke. I know enough to be scary. Um, I know enough to call bullshit if I can cuss. Um, oh, well, Hey, <laughs> there it is. Um, there it is. Know, Fantastic. It is. Wait, I think that's our, that's our second. Uh, oh, uh, that wasn't even a bad it, one. Come on. Well, that, I mean, no, I think the first one was, I, I dropped a, 
H bomb on a, a previous episode. So hey, listen, we're good. No, but that's and I think that's the thing too is, uh, in sports we end up touching a lot of different aspects of the CBB world, but we don't think about it because it's just hey, I'm I got things I got to do. Boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom. I'm worried about what's on the to do list, yeah. as opposed to. Hey, what's next? What? How does this fit into the big picture? All that. Yeah. Um, and I think like that's. I said, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just say lean into those areas. I, I mean, one of the ones now that I'm obviously I've never run an attraction. I've run a sports complex. I've you know seventeen fields and in Tulsa and. You know, I have that in my background. Um, I have event production. I don't have attractions. And I'm not saying that it has to be a prerequisite and everyone should jump into the attraction world. But I will tell you the stuff that I'm learning here helps me better understand what our attractions are actually going through. Um, that's why, you know, my how do you, go ahead. I was gonna say, how do you put on your resume that you run a brothel? I, I <laughs> That's actually a really great question. When I have to update my resume to find a new job or get headhunted by someone, I'm going to come to everybody and be like, okay, just check this little area. Like, does this sound okay? Um, I ran, what, what I, was her name I again? Miss Susie's? Miss um, Laura's. Miss Laura. Miss Laura's, the brothel museum is actually the, the name of the Y'all, I'm never, I'm going to get to something and this is what I'm going to be known for. Um, Well, but, but that's the thing is, and it's one of the things we end up doing a lot. You, you have the events where you're selling tickets, you're trying to get people to come buy tickets or come attend an event or something. Well, now you're taking those muscles and now you got to shift it a little bit because, Hey, I've got an attraction. I got to drive people to this. Well, how am I driving people? But then how is this also bringing people in? How are they spending the night? How am I connected? You've got a lot of tentacles. And it's a, I mean, here it's a historic site. I mean, we're about to go in and um, apply in for the Arkansas Historic Preservation Grant, which again, rare that that's going to be something in your back pocket. But think about how many people have in their back pockets, like, I know exactly what I need to be looking for if I'm going to swim in a river and what all, like, I know the levels of allowable algae before someone could not swim. I mean, the random stuff that we know, but, you know, here it's like, we're talking through revenue generation. Okay. What are we doing about gift shops and how do we make it edgy and fun? Um, what are we doing with curating new exhibits? Um, and what does that look like? Um, how are we potentially going to turn this into a 501c3 and then apply not for grants, but also for sponsorship um, and naming rights into some of the areas? And how do we present that messaging? And, you know, but I look back at my time of, you know, going after sponsors for a football jamboree. And it's it's a similar pitch just to a different group of people. Um, we've got film here, just like we did in Tulsa. And, you know, we've got a film market that's going to be kicking up for the first time ever. And, you know, my time in Tulsa, I will tell you, most people don't think about film as a part of what we do. And I'm glad I got that experience because now I can talk film and potentially even influence legislation on raising our cap, um, for what we have for film and, um, incentives and just lean into those conversations. It it is difficult. And I was right there with everybody. And I still am like, you're just 
a hundred miles a minute and you're going, 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 and you've got your goals and you've got all this, but if you want to grow and you want to be the next, whatever it may be, um, figure out where your gaps are and then lean into those conversations. You don't have to be actively engaged and be a person that's making, helping make those decisions. I often wasn't, but I listened in. And I found areas where I'm like, mm, that's actually really good to know. I might need to use that. And, you know, Joel in Tulsa is a great example of using Tulsa Film Office and Music or um, FMAC there to help with world breaking. Um, but that was him leaning into a conversation and us, you know, exploring that to then get that revenue to support one of our sporting events. And but if you don't listen, if you don't open up, and if you think that all you're going to do is sports, you're actually going to miss out on some opportunities that could also help your sports career in general. But absolutely. We talked a little bit with uh, in the last episode with John Schmieder uh, a, a little bit. And you, it's we'd like to think we're really good on this podcast about scheduling things out. I would like to say that I was – that intentional of, oh, hey, John, let's go this way. And then was going to tee it up for the next episode. But as as you've moved up and into your role now, because um, we talked a little about some some of the folks who have moved on, for, moved up from sports to the overall DMO. Um, what are some of the what, what are some of the moments that you lean on now in your role? that came out of sports that kind of helped shape your mindset and mentality uh, and leadership style from that as you moved into this? Yeah. You know, we've got a small group here. There's only five of us on staff. Um, so I think dealing with people um, is your number one role as a leader. Um, while there are things that I'm working on and moving forward and, and strategy and stuff like that, the people are my number ones. And, you know, I look back on times where it was just two of us and how did we divvy that up and how did we communicate to when it was, you know, 17 of us and how those communication structures. Um, so I really look back on really Tulsa during COVID um, of, hey, we were going through major changes. We were going through obviously a pandemic and things like that. How do we communicate with each other and how do we break down barriers? Um, same thing for when I was in the interim. Um, how did we overcome losing a leader um, sitting in an interim and then preparing for a new leader? And how do we get staff comfortable? Um, I think especially coming in brand new, like that was my number one priority focus and really what I leaned on um, when it comes to dealing with our city directors and our elected officials, I mean, that is Durham written all over it and really leaning into the fact that at Durham, like there's no major major or no major race majority in Durham. So you're always thinking through the lens of like what is what is this going to come across as to different populations as I talk through it, including um, the city, the city elected officials. So, you know, now that I'm working a little bit more closely with our city electeds, um, I think through like, how is what I'm saying going to impact their constituents so that I can get them on board with what we're trying to do. Um, but I look back at Durham as that time where I had to think in that mindset, even at the sports level, um, you know, marketing, we don't have a big budget here. 
Um, so really taking the time and delving into what is our, what are we trying to achieve and how do we stay mission focused at all times? Because butterflies are coming at you nonstop. Um, it, you, there will always be something <laughs> yeah. that can that can pull you off course and they're going to drift in, get somebody's attention and then they're going to drift away and then they're going to come back. And so really, you know, how do we make sure that every dollar we spend has a return that means something and it's related back to what we're trying to, you know, accomplish. And that goes back to playing days. You know, that goes back to being an athlete where it was like, Hey, if I'm going to spend, 20 to 30 hours working on my craft, I better make sure that I'm getting as much out of it as possible and making sure that everything's benchmarked. Um, I mean, that really starts from playing days, but that all the way through, I mean, we're benchmarking for sponsors all the time. Are we delivering on what we told you we would deliver on? Um, and now it's even more crucial as we're dealing with, you know, just over a million dollars. Are we benchmarking and are we delivering what we said we were going to deliver? Um, goal setting for a whole entire team, way different than kind of what I ever imagined. Again, you got to be just enough. Um, you have to be just aware enough to be able to say like, yes, that's a good goal for marketing. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's a good goal for operations. Um, I know the sales team out, you know, like the back of my hand, but the, the rest of it and, um, how do we move that into action and provide the right resources and, my boss in Durham, um, Yvonne Coleman, um, phenomenal lady. She's since retired out of there, but she used to say all the time that a leader's job is to remove the BS so her team can be brilliant. And that has stuck with me since the moment she said it to me. Um, because if my if I'm not removing the BS, if I'm not removing the challenges and the obstacles, then I'm not good for the team. Um, and then that becomes the communication. Okay, what are your obstacles? What is the BS that I need to get out of your way so you can go be brilliant? Um, and again, that's I learned that in sports, but I also learned it on the CBB world. And it just kind of continues to stay there and stay top of mind of, you know, as a leader, your job is to remove the BS so your team can be brilliant. That's a really good line. That's a good one. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm saving She's that smart. one. I love yeah, it that's all. A good one. She's incredible. That's a, that's, a, that's a good one. I like that one a lot. Um and you've mentioned to several people, what, who's the one person who you feel like has had the most impact on you from your leadership style that you, that's kind of helped kind of shape your mindset? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, you always have people that come in at the right points in time. Um, I had, oh God, you know, when I started in Jacksonville and um, really just getting into the game, you know, didn't know what a sports commission was, just came out of sports, moved into a military community and didn't know what I wanted to do, just wanted to be in sports. And this, this opportunity opens up. Um, Glenn Hargett, who's now retired um, at the very beginning, I will tell you, he was a pain in my butt, probably for the first six or seven months. I didn't realize what he was teaching me, um, but by the book on nonprofits and would hold me accountable and set my feet to the fire. I mean, just nitpick and it irritated me to no end, but 
he demanded perfection and he started, started the sports commission. So it was like his legacy kept going on through executive directors. And I see it now so much more, but he instilled so much of the nonprofit side of what I know and what I do, um, how I, how I keep records, how I take minutes, how I report, like came out of him. Um, and he worked in government. So of course they've got, they've got their own level, but he was, he was over the top. He was great. Um, you know, I, I had great board chairs along the way, you know, Steve Goodson, uh, came through and just mentored me through most of my career, um, in a great way. But as a female in sports, I also had some issues with employees along the way, like that could be a great podcast on how do you deal with employees? But, you know, I had issues with employees, female employees, um, making, pretty aggressive remarks about, you know, my interactions with males in the community. Um, and I had a female Carol, uh, McIntyre at the time who perfect timing. She was my board chair and she saw through all of it, didn't play into it, shut it down and just let me continue to move on. Um, but I look at that moment and I'm like, okay, how often are females trying to pull, tear down females? Um, and positions of leadership. And how how can I not be like that? I don't want that to ever be something that someone says about me. Um, John Schmieder. <laughs> I mean, the man. Oh, down. Yeah, we, we, I'm sorry. John's already been uh, named once in this podcast. He's not paying for it. I, I know. Yeah, he, he's he's not sponsoring this. Um, but, you know, he he was the part, he was the man that really helped us figure out a strategic plan. He helped show me that no destination has to be the same as the other one. And we can all be different, but still survive and thrive in this ecosystem. Um, he helped me get the job in Durham, which was incredible. Um, Yvonne Coleman being my first black, uh, female leader. I, she put, <laughs> she put perspective on things that I never would have. And I, continue to be so thankful for her thoughtfulness and her ability to say, Ashley, I know that that's not you, but you need to know how you're coming across. Um, and so often and in other situations, people thought that the way I was coming across, that's who I was deep inside. And she really helped me understand, take a second to ask the questions to better understand where that person's coming from, because often the two are not matching. Um, and I'm so incredibly thankful for her for that. Um, you know, Ray Hoyt gave him, giving me a chance. I, I mean, it's just it, the people pile up and it's no one person, but I think that that's, what's so great about this is that it doesn't have to be one person. They come and go as you need them. Um, you learn something so incredibly valuable and then they duck right out of your life and it sticks with you. Um, but they don't have to be there through every step of the way. It, it really does match your growth process. Um, and I'll say here right now, um, the team is, has probably been one of the biggest one. I, I mean, they're pushing me in ways that I didn't understand and, and didn't know, but now I look back and I'm like, Hey, helping a team, move past some trauma, um, that they've been going through, um, and help them grow and develop, um, has, has shaped me, I think in a new way. And I can't say how incredibly thankful I am for them. That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> well, I think we have knocked out, knocked everything out of the park today. This has been, this has gone a lot faster well, than I fun. thought it would. 
Oh, um, this good. has been fantastic. Um, is there anything else you feel like we, you want to cover? Um, I don't think so. I'll, I'll leave on this. Um, if you want this type of leadership position and I, and it's a want, it's a desire, um, to jump over to the other side and bring the sports side with you. If you want it, um, don't let the fact that you don't have a lot of experience on that side, stop you. Um, what we did what I did in sports and what you guys are doing in sports um, is so incredibly important to communities um, and honestly to the world. I, I cannot say this enough. What we do is the most important and it's not because it's just bringing in revenue and you're seeing it on TV and it's all these great things. But at the end of the day, what you're doing is, is you're building a new community member um, you're touching someone who is going to grow and have to give back. And sports is is a great way for people to see kind of what that can mean. Um, but if you truly want this, um, please, please, please take advantage of every opportunity. I know you're busy. Take a second and, and take on another project, not in your space. Um, just lean in. And I would... Be surprised in the next five years if we didn't see a, a drastic shift of having more sports people in leadership roles. And I'm thoroughly excited to see that and have you guys with me um, on this side and have you as colleagues um, because it it's an important conversation. And I think if we continue just to complain about the fact that CPBs don't get what we do, but we don't do anything to change it, um, it's never going to get any better. But we have this opportunity to change it. And we just need more people to to just take the leap and say, hey, I want to be more than sports because I know I can be more than sports. I can be better for the community, um, but lean into the conversations. That's that's well said right there, my friend. Well said. Thanks. Well, thank you for jumping on uh, today. Hey, if somebody wants to connect with you online, what's the best place to find you? Yeah, either go to LinkedIn, Ashley Backert, um, or you can shoot me an um, email. Uh, it's Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H at fortsmith.org. So oh, would welcome that's an easy. conversations. Yeah. That, that's Super. an easy email. Yeah. That's fantastic. Except for the name spelling. Oh, you know, <laughs> hey, I, Pat, I'd like to buy an E. Six yes. <laughs> I'm losing money. I lose money if I get your name in Wheel of Fortune. Yes. So, <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, hey, thank you for taking the time out to join us today. I, you know, this year's uh, with these smaller episodes, we're trying to do more uh, with the leadership piece. And uh, this was a, a natural fit for uh, our first uh, sports person who has broken, broken the cage and, and flown the coop uh, to <laughs> sort of new heights. So uh, appreciate you jumping on board with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, that's Ashley Backer with Fort Smith, Arkansas. And I'm Joel Lamp with the Huntsville Massive County Convention Visitors Bureau. And thanks for joining us today. We'll talk again soon, shortly. You're listening to the Business of Sports Tourism podcast. <laughs>